Thanks so much, you guys, for a great set of worship. Really appreciate that. Um, I hope your day's been well. It's going to be a good night. Thanks for being here. My name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors on staff uh, here. I know I'm throwing a lot of you off your groove by wearing a tie. I, there's a good chance I'll never do it again. I, <laughs> anyway, it's really good to have you here. Um, oh, we're good. We're good. Thank you so much, Art. Appreciate it. If you are visiting, uh, so glad you're here. Thank you. Uh, for, for spending time with us. It's a good church. We love the Lord, we love His Word, and we love each other. And uh, there's a lot of churches like that, and we're one of them, and I'm so proud to be part of this church called the Rock Community Church. So it's Good Friday. And I was wrestling with something in contemplating Good Friday, and that's this. What is so good about Good Friday? Turn with me to Mark chapter 15. On the weekends, we're in the book of Mark, so I thought I might as well just stay there. We're going to jump to Mark 15 for tonight. Mark chapter 15, starting at verse 16. Mark chapter 15, starting at verse 16. We're going to go all the way to verse 39. Mark 15, verse 16. The soldiers took him away into the place, that is the praetorium, and they called together the whole Roman cohort. They dressed him up in purple, and after twisting a crown of thorns, they put it on him, and they began to acclaim him, Hail, King of the Jews. They kept beating his head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling and bowing before him. After they had mocked him, they took the purple robe off him and put his own garments on him, and they led him out to crucify him. They pressed into service a passerby coming from the country, Simon of Cyrene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear the cross of Jesus. Verse 22, Then they brought him to the place, Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. They tried to give him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided up his garments among themselves, casting lots for them to decide what each man should take. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, And he was numbered with transgressors. Those passing by were hurling abuse at him, wagging their heads and saying, Ha! You who are going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests also along with the scribes were mocking him among themselves and saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let this Christ, the King of Israel, now come down from the cross so that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him were also insulting him. When the sixth hour came, darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, 
Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of the bystanders heard it, they began saying, Behold, he is calling for Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed, and gave him a drink, saying, Let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry, and he breathed his last, and the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion, who was standing right in front of Jesus, saw the way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the Son of God. I ask you, church, what is so good about Good Friday? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to reflect upon the cross and what you did for us. So undeserving, but so gracious on your part. Lord, I'm not sure what we can do in response to that. But to come alongside and be obedient as our way of saying thank you. God, have your way with us this evening. In your name we pray. And everybody said, I ask again, what is so good about Good Friday? Wikipedia has a couple of things to say about Good Friday. Good Friday is a Christian religious holiday commemorating the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and His death at Calvary. The holiday is observed during something called Holy Week. That's what we're in on the Friday that precedes Easter Sunday and oftentimes coincides with the Jewish holiday or observance of Passover. It is also known as Holy Friday, Great Friday, or Black Friday. What is so good about Good Friday? In many countries with a strong Christian tradition, such as Australia, Bermuda, Brazil, Canada, the countries of the Caribbean, Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, Ecuador, Finland, Germany, Malta, Mexico, New Zealand, Peru, the Philippines, Singapore, Spain, Sweden, in the United Kingdom and Venezuela, the day is observed as a public or federal holiday. In the U.S., 12 states observe Good Friday as a state holiday. Connecticut, Texas, Delaware, Hawaii, Indiana, Tennessee, Florida, Kentucky, Louisiana, New Jersey, North Carolina, and North Dakota. Germany and some other countries have laws prohibiting certain acts such as dancing and horse racing that are seen as profaning a solemn day. The etymology, which is the tracing of a, a word and how a word got its meaning, the etymology of the term good in Good Friday is not agreed upon. Some sources claim that good is simply meant to mean pious or holy and others contend that it is a corruption of God Friday and it became Good Friday. So I ask you, what is good about Good Friday? In German-speaking countries, Good Friday is gen generally referred to as Mourning Friday, to mourn, Silent Friday, High Friday, or Holy Friday. In Australia, Good Friday is a holiday under state and territory laws in all states and territories in Australia. Generally speaking, shops in all Australian states are required to remain closed for the duration of Good Friday. All schools and universities close on Good Friday in Australia. In Ireland, in the Republic of Ireland, it is illegal to sell alcoholic beverages on Good Friday. That goes back to 1927. 
Pubs are closed entirely, while shops and restaurants are not allowed to offer or sell alcohol to their patrons. Christy Burke, Lord Mayor of Dublin, this is actually quite funny, has remarked that on the eve of Good Friday, Irish supermarkets are often overloaded with people stocking up on alcohol as if the city was going to shut down forever. It's like it's one day. I'm Irish. I stayed home last night. What is so good about Good Friday? In the U.S., the stock markets are closed on Good Friday, but the foreign exchange and bond trading markets open for a partial business day. Most retail stores remain open, while some may close a little early. Public schools and universities are often closed on Good Friday, either as a holiday of its own or part of spring break. The postal service operates, and banks regulated by the federal government do not close for Good Friday. In some governmental contexts, Good Friday has been referred to Uh, by a generic name, particularly Spring Holiday, presumably to avoid accusations of violating the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, although neither the word good nor Friday describes any particular religion. What is so good about Good Friday? In the Dictionary of Christianity in America, it has these things to say. Since the early days of Christianity, Good Friday has been a time of somber reflection, penance, or meditation. In Roman Catholic tradition, the Mass is not celebrated on that day nor on Holy Saturday. Bells are not sounded, organs are not played, and black is the liturgical color of the day. Many churches drape the altar area in black. Many Protestant churches also observe Good Friday with special services like we're having tonight and memorial observances focusing on the crucifixion. What is so good about Good Friday? Let's talk about the crucifixion. The crucifixion of Jesus combined Roman and Jewish elements. It was the Jewish leaders who initiated Jesus' arrest and trial. Though Pilate seemed to vacillate on what to do, in the end he surrendered weakly to the crowds by washing his hands of any guilt, or so he thought but Rome was clearly implicated in the crucifixion. Since the Sanhedrin did not have the power to inflict capital punishment, Pilate's decision was necessary before crucifixion could occur, and Romans actually carried out the execution. So I ask you, what is so good about Good Friday? At Jesus' crucifixion, Roman custom was observed in his scourging, his mock enthronement and stripping, the bearing of his own crossbeam, his being nailed to the cross, and the breaking of the two thieves' legs. The elevated site called Golgotha fits the custom of displaying criminals publicly. So does the height of Jesus' cross, probably seven to nine feet high as indicated by the hyssop reed. The presence of a tablet bearing the inscription, the King of the Jews, on the cross suggests that the crossbeam was fixed somewhere below the top of the stake. I ask again, what is so good about Good Friday? Let's talk about the crown of thorns. Jesus' crown of thorns was formed by a prickly shrub, which is an ironic parody of a victor's wreath. Hmm. Its combination, this thorn, this crown of thorns, thorns, its combination with the robe, the scepter, 
and the satirical inscription on the cross that said Jesus was the king of the Jews were all meant to mock him as one who was defeated in his aspirations to become the Messiah, or so they thought. What is so good about Good Friday? Let's talk about the blood of Christ. Christ's death was a sacrificial bloodshedding. His death was a sacrificial bloodshedding. What does that mean? In the pouring out of blood, a life was given up. A life was given up in place of, as a substitute for, instead of. What kind of life was substituted for our life? An innocent one. Not just a substitute, but a person who was completely innocent of any and everything. A perfect man. Christ came to shed His blood by a loving act of His Father's will. He was sent innocently, and He came obediently. Would we do the same? What is so good about Good Friday? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you the A, B, C's of Good Friday. Why today is indeed good. A, atonement. Atonement. Ezekiel 45:17 says this, It shall be the prince's part to provide the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, and the drink offerings at the feast, on the new moons, and on the Sabbaths. At all the appointed feasts of the house of Israel, he shall provide the sin offering, the grain offering, the burnt offering, and the peace offerings. Why? To make atonement for the house of Israel, for you and for me. Jesus' crucifixion was the means by which he provided atonement for all of humanity. What's atonement? Glad you asked. Atonement is the satisfaction of divine justice by the Lord Jesus Christ in His active and passive obedience, meaning His life and His death, which provides for us a perfect salvation. Oh, we need that. Not only is man, you and I, terribly sinful, but God is fearfully holy. We needed help so badly. Atonement is the act by which God and man are brought together in personal relationship. The term is derived from Anglo-Saxon words meaning make at one, hence at one That's how we get atonement, at one It presupposes a separation or alienation that needs to be overcome if human beings are to know God and to have fellowship with Him. As a term expressing relationship, atonement is tied closely to such terms as reconciliation and forgiveness. God is seen as taking the initiative in our salvation. Thus, atonement is the work of God who opens the possibility for you and I, sinful beings, to receive His pardoning grace. Can I get an amen? We should always speak well of Christ's precious blood. It's of eternal value and infinite virtue. It's what makes Good Friday good. 
Every aspect of our Christian life is connected with the precious blood of Jesus. I'll post them here. You can write these verses down if you want to look. We are redeemed because of His blood, and those verses will tell you. We are cleansed because of His blood, we are justified because of His blood, and we are reconciled because of His blood. He bought us back. He redeemed us, right? With His blood. And then He cleansed us. We're seen as perfect, as being sinless. And then he justified us, which means we're looked at as being back in right standing with God. Why? So that we can get back into a reconciled relationship with him. Everything's good again. Wow. That's the A. Atonement. Thank the Lord when we take communion later on and say, Lord, thank you for your atonement. B. We get to boast on Good Friday. That's what B stands for. We get to boast. Turn to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Starting in verse 14. Paul writes, Church, may it never be he says to them, that I would boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither is circumcision anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And those who will walk by this rule, peace and mercy will be upon them and upon the Israel of God. Man, don't boast about anything, but if you want to boast, today's the day to boast. May you boast every day because of the cross. May every day be Good Friday. I'm going to skip a verse and we're just going to jump. Um, In Psalm 44, verse 8, you don't have to go there, I'll read it to you. The sons of Korah in the Psalm 44, verse 8, they say this, In God we make our boast all day long. There is no higher or more appropriate form of boasting than this. Listen to this. Both anthropologists and psychologists tell us that human beings invariably imitate what they worship. So the end result of boasting in God is the sincere aspiration to be like Him. It's one of the reasons we do worship Oh, that we would boast of our Lord. To aspire to be like Him. Boast. Thank Him for His atoning sacrifice. And boast because of what it means. And see confidence. Confidence. Isaiah 32, 17 says this, And the work of righteousness will be peace, and the service of righteousness, quietness, and confidence for, for how long? Forever. Second Corinthians 3, verses 4 and 5. Such confidence we have through Christ toward God. Not that we are adequate in ourselves, but we can have Christ, confidence through Christ Not in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God through Jesus Christ to give us the confidence that we can have with our Heavenly Father. Acts 4.13 says this, and this is one of my favorite verses in Scripture as well. I just love this. 
Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, yea, me, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. When we're with Jesus, boy, we're atoned, we can boast, and we can have confidence. Confidence is faith in God. Certainty and assurance of one's relationship with God. A sense of boldness that is dependent on a realization of one's acceptance by God. And a conviction that one's destiny is secure in God. What is so good about Good Friday? Mm. Psalm 118.24 says this. We know this psalm. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The Lord made this day. He had Good Friday, Crucifixion Friday, as a day that He had made years and years and years and years ago. Everything looked forward to it, and we've looked to it since then. It's fantastic. This is a day that the Lord has made, the day of crucifixion. Let us rejoice and be glad in it always. Rejoice in what? Listen, as I wrap this up. Rejoice in His atonement. Rejoice in His atonement. Because we are no longer apart. It's another A word, right? I'm getting real clever, right? Rejoice in His atonement because we are no longer apart from God. Rejoice in His atonement, because we are no longer apart from God. Rejoice that we can boast so as to become like God. We boast so we can become like God. Boast so you can become like God. And rejoice in our confidence so that you and I can also pick up our cross and follow Him. Rejoice in our confidence so that you and I would pick up our cross church and follow Him. I'm going to pray, then I'm going to share a verse out of 1 Corinthians that will lead us into our time of communion. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for Your atoning work on the cross and that we are no longer apart from You by believing in Your Son, Jesus Christ. You have brought us back into relationship with You, and for that, we say thank You. Lord, we rejoice that we can boast May we always boast of the cross, the blood of Jesus, so as to become just like Him. May we rejoice in our confidence, Lord, that we indeed can pick up our cross and follow You daily. Lord, have Your way with us, Your church. In Jesus' name, Amen.